welcome back to the Resilience Institute podcast today for episode 14. And before I start this episode, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to anyone or everyone who's listening to this and who has been listening regularly to the episodes uh, and sharing them and stuff. I hope you're getting, you're enjoying them and getting some value out of these. And I thought this would just be a good time to quickly ask um, if you do enjoy my podcast, uh, if you could share it with people or if you could click the follow button in, in Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you're listening to, listening on, and even give it a review if you're feeling really nice as it will help me immensely to reach more people and help provide value in, in training and in lifestyle and rehab as much as I can. And I have had a few um, story shares and follows on it and, and reviews and um, they go a, long, uh, a very long way to helping me help more people. So love you all and I appreciate you, um, each and every one of you for listening and, and following these episodes and hope you enjoy them and, and the future ones that are going to be coming out. Now, apologies for the delay this week. I know I've said that two weeks in a row now, but as most of you would know, I moved 1,100 kilometers um, up the road away from Canberra to the Gold Coast and I've finally settled in and I'm getting into my routines again so expect to hear a lot more of me. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing but there'll be plenty more episodes coming out now. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about sleep. Literally the most un, uh, the most important and underutilized performance enhancer there is. Literally, that's it. I've always known how important it is with what I've studied and read and stuff, but it wasn't until I watched a a podcast episode where a top neuroscientist and professor Matthew Walker talked about sleep in depth, and I highly recommend going and listen to that episode. He was on the um, Joe Rogan Experience podcast if you are interested in learning more about sleep um, in even more depth, and it even still blew my mind at how much I even disregard it and how, how much of a negative impact a lack of sleep can actually have on you, yet... So many people have this macho attitude that they don't need sleep and sleeping's for those who don't want it bad enough and like all those motivational Instagram videos and TikToks telling you to sleep less and work more if you want to be successful. That's, that's literally bullshit. The less sleep you get, you will literally die sooner and the quality of that life you have that, that um, is going to be significantly worse. And I, I talked about a couple of these in the previous episode, but as a refresher, a few stats like Things uh, men who sleep five to six hours a night have a level of testosterone that is the same of a male ten years older than them. So I'm 25. If I get five to six hours a night, I'm going to have the testosterone levels of the average 35 year old. So I'm aging ten years just by sleeping less in terms of strength, mood, energy, everything. Six hours of sleep or less was associated with a time to fatigue. Uh, in, in training and stuff and, and performance of 30%. So the example, uh, a good example I saw is if if you train for a 10-round boxing fight and you do all the preparation and you're ready for that 10-round boxing fight, but then you sleep six hours or less the night before the fight, you're only going to be ready for a seven-round fight. You, you lose 30% just from the lack of sleep. Things like peak muscle strength, physical vertical jump height, Peak running speed, they all correlate to sleep. So the less sleep you get, the worse um, they are. Injury risk, they did a, a study of across a season and, and it was a perfect linear relationship across a whole season that the less sleep you got, the higher the likelihood of injury you have. So if you sleep five hours compared to someone who sleeps nine hours, there's almost a 60% increase in the probability of injury risk across a whole season. 
60% increase just by sleeping less. So you can do all the rehab, all the, the skill drills and the strength stuff, but if you sleep shit, 60% increase in the probability of injury risk. Motor skill learning, and this is the one I found most impressive. So everyone says practice makes perfect, but it's um, as Matthew mentioned, it's practice with a, uh, not a perfect night of sleep that makes perfect. So you are 20 to 30% better in terms of skilled performance than where you were the day before at the end of whatever training session you did. So let's say I go and chip golf balls for an hour. At the end of that session, sorry, the next day when I sleep and get my good sleep, I'm 20 to 30% better the next day than I was straight after that training session. So what sleep does is it consolidates those patterns and, and makes them permanent and longer longer term um, by neuroplasticity. I'm, so, I'm sure everyone's heard that word now, but it's where your brain actually rewires and creates new patterns um, so it can remember and get better long term. So in other words, you can have the best training program in the world. You can train as hard as anyone physically ever could. You can learn all your skills. You can practice and study and lift the heaviest weights, whatever it is. But if you don't sleep adequately, you will perform to the same level, if not probably worse, of your competitors. They, they may be training worse and not putting in as much effort, but if they're sleeping sufficiently, you'll probably be performing the same, if not worse, which is, it's, it's freaking crazy to think about. You can do all the training in the world, but just by not closing your eyes for long enough, you're not going to perform as well. And that leads me into the 10 tips for a good night of sleep that are recommended not only by sleep hygiene experts, but also ones that I've used from experience to improve my own sleep. And before getting into the 10 tips, we need to understand the circadian rhythm and why it's important. So circadian rhythms are physical and mental and behavioral changes that follow a 24-hour cycle. And this was beneficial for when we didn't have the time or know the time but our body needed to keep in rhythm of when to sleep and release hormones and things like that. This internal process regulates the sleep and wake cycle. So it responds to the environment we are in. And this is why you get jet lag. Your body is used to the light and darkness patterns where you were. So let's say in Australia. So let's say I'm in Australia right now and I travel to Rome tomorrow. The external environment doesn't match up with the internal clock and rhythm I'm used to. So it's 12 a.m. here in Australia and it's dark and I'm used to sleeping. So my body thinks, okay, Hayden's meant to be sleeping now. But it's actually usually 2 p.m. all the way in Rome. So when I travel to Rome tomorrow and my internal clock thinks it's 12 a.m. in Australia, but it's 2 p.m. in Rome, I'm going to get extremely tired during the middle of the day in Rome when I'm meant to be awake because my my body is starting to um, signal that I should be sleeping. But then, and then when I try and sleep for the first few days and my body clock hasn't adjusted, it's now going to think it's daytime in Australia when it is daytime in Australia, but I'm in Rome and it's dark and it's time to sleep. So now I'm going to be wide awake because my body's releasing certain hormones and, and doing all these cool things to keep me awake when I should be sleeping in Rome because it thinks I'm still in Australia. So it, your internal clock has to sync up to get in optimal sleep patterns. And... We also have daytime rhythms where we have peaks and troughs in energy levels, but that isn't as important for the sleep episode. So we just need to know the circadian rhythm and that it's an internal clock that responds to our external environment and syncs up over time. So 10 tips, let's go. Number one, sleeping and lovemaking zone only. 
Your brain, as we know, works in patterns and habits. So you need to condition your mind to only want to relax and sleep when you're in bed and the bedroom. So when you hop in bed, it's a trigger to your brain that it's time to sleep. So no phone, TV, electronics needs to be a quiet, peaceful, relaxing zone. Number two, if you are someone who has thoughts and thinks at night or overthinks, have a pad um, and a piece of and a pen, and and write it there during the night so your brain can let it go, because we know our brain holds on to information that it thinks it has to hold on to. But if you're thinking something and write it down, this is also why journaling before bed or in general is good. It can help clear the thoughts from your mind because your brain isn't trying to keep it there to remember it. It knows, okay, it's on that piece of paper. I can come back to it tomorrow and let it go for now um, and you can wind down. Number three, if you're laying in bed for more than, let's say, 20 or 30 minutes tossing and turning and can't relax, get up and actually walk around the house, just a quick lap or something or go to the toilet as it can reset your brain and to forget the pattern you're in and and forget what you were thinking about and get you out of that loop so you can start to wind down. This is a personal one that I use a lot when I'm thinking about what I need to do the next day or stuff and I'm tossing and turning, I actually get up and, and usually once I get back in bed, it's a lot easier to fall asleep. Number four, sunlight or artificial light as early as possible in the morning when you wake up. So what happens is light travels through your eyes and triggers the brain that it's time to wake up and this helps set your circadian rhythm wake up time. So when this happens and the light goes in, your body will release cortisol to wake you up. So if if your body gets used to this internal rhythm of at this time, this is when I need to release cortisol, it can help set that and, and we can set our sleep and wake times. And the more consistent your sleep schedule is, the better it is for you. Number five, no light before bed. So for the same reason as light in the morning, once there's a decrease in light, your body then senses it's time to go to bed and will start to release melatonin, which can make us sleepy and then put us to sleep. So we want to avoid bright white lights like phones, computers, TVs about an hour out from wanting to sleep um, and get into a dark room or or a a warmer room where it's not such bright white lights. And this is why it's good to read or meditate or do things without electronics before sleeping because once it senses it's dark and you're not on these lights, your brain will start to release the sleep hormone and put you in that rhythm. Number six, same sleep and wake time each each um, time you go to bed. So again, the brain likes patterns and, and the circadian rhythm and it will establish it when it knows it needs to wake up and go to sleep. And if it's the same time every night, you're going to get in a consistent pattern and it's a lot easier to fall asleep and it will also improve the quality of your sleep at the same time. Number seven, a cool room. So lower core body temperature actually signals to the brain, again, one of these things in the circadian rhythm, that it's time to sleep. So uh, having your room anywhere between 17 to 19 degrees Celsius is optimal. And and so your body's internal temperature actually shifts over that 24-hour period. That's the circadian rhythm that we were talking about. So if you can get your body in a lower core temperature, it will help you fall asleep a lot easier. Number eight, hot shower before sleep. This goes on from the cool room, but when you have a hot shower and, and you get hot, your, uh, your body puts all the blood to the surface to try and cool it down. 
When you get out of the shower and your blood's at the surface and to cool down and you're hot, it'll drop your core body temperature a lot quicker because all of your blood, all the, uh, the majority of your blood's at the surface. The, the cooler outdoor air um, hits the blood, cools it down, and then when it goes back into the your core temperature, it will drop it a lot quicker. And as I said, it signals to the body that it's time to sleep, so that can be helpful as well. And hot showers, hot baths, also very relaxing, so it can, it can relax you as well and, and stop you stressing or overthinking. Number nine, don't eat a big meal closer than two to three hours before sleeping or or drink too much water because you have to pee and your body will try to be digesting food and putting energy and effort there and that can disrupt sleep quality and the ability to fall asleep. And then number 10, one that I love doing is white noise and or meditation. So this is the one exception to the electronics rule as long as you have do not disturb on, you aren't scrolling Instagram and stuff and you have the night mode setting on where it minimizes blue light and makes it a bit warmer. White noise and meditations can distract the brain from thinking or overthinking. So that's why like the rainforest sounds and the waterfalls and the calm app and stuff are good because it's designed to block out outside or disruptive sounds that make you think or divert your attention away from relaxing and sleeping. So that's why when you hear a car horn or you hear a door slam or horns, animals, um, people talking and stuff, Every time you hear it, your attention goes to that sound. And we're not even going to talk about the fact that if it keeps happening, you get in that overthinking loop and it annoys you and then the anger and the annoyance keeps you up. But the fact you keep getting diverted away from relaxing can decrease the ability to fall asleep or your quality of sleep as well. So meditation recordings do the same thing. Your attention's on that relaxing story and guided meditation. Usually they help you fall um, to sleep as well, the way they talk and stuff. Um, so that can be a, a helpful way to minimize distractions and noises and stuff and um, block out the outside sound. Anyway, that's it for today. They're my 10 tips and a little bit of a background on sleep. And now, as I was saying, I'm back into my routine and I'm settled up here. So I'm hoping um, in a, uh, to try and get out more than one episode a week every now and then. So keep an eye out for that. And again, just if you like this podcast and you'd be able to give me a rating and a follow on here, um, even Instagram story shares with tags are also super, super appreciated. I genuinely appreciate it so much and, and it helps me help you as well. So um, that's it for today. Talk soon. Hate us. Hey,